Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. There is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne you found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. 8.6 beer, intense by nature, and Locage. If the last time you went to Locage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Locage. It's going to be sick. And all together, they turned a young team to the top. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. I got to tell you, I love that call from Bob. Call back in 1993. I'm not even sure that it's exactly like that, but I think it's something like that. I'm Marinaro on this Wednesday, October 26th, an off night for the Montreal Canadiens. It's two minutes past 10 o'clock Eastern. Welcome, everyone. Buonasera a tutti. Bonsoir a tous. I'm happy to see you. We are an army, and together we are going to conquer the podcast world. I actually uh, put that out there on YouTube a couple of minutes ago. You are watching right now live on YouTube or you're watching live on our Facebook page or you're watching live on our Twitter handle at The Sick Podcast. So if you're watching on anything but YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel because yesterday we were very close to 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, which is kind of cool considering that we started less than two years ago, I think, unofficially. And uh, so if we could hit 10,000, I think we may have hit it by now. I'm not so sure. Hold on a second. Let me check in. Let me go to it right away. It's the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. Join a growing team and energize your career at Energy Transportation Group. Email sick at shipenergy.com or check out their website, www.shipenergy.com. And click on the career tab to discover your next career opportunity. And I have to tell you, uh, they have several offices around the world, one of which is in Montreal. And I was there earlier today, and I spent about a good 80 minutes or so with Jason. And I walked around, and I shake people's hands, and I introduce myself. And they're happy to be part of the podcast, and I'm happy that they're part of it. And everyone had a smile on their face, so I know for certain that it's a pretty cool place to work. They're growing, they're expanding. And if I was you and I was looking for a job and if I was driven and I wanted to be part of a great team, I would want to join the team over at Energy Transportation Group. The Montreal Canadiens made a trade earlier this morning, uh, trading Cam Hillis, who is a former third-round pick, 66th overall, back in 2018, who's played one NHL game, who's part of the ECHL team in Three Rivers with Le Lyon de Trois-Rivières. Well, he was traded earlier this morning, give or take at around 10.30 a.m., so about close to 12 hours ago, for defenseman Nicolas Baudin, who is also a f- pick in the 2018 draft, but instead of being a third-round pick, he was a first-round pick. Instead of being a 66 overall, he was a 27 or all, the native from Chateau Gay, Quebec, who has played 22 NHL games, six points. And in the past three seasons, he's played with Rockford Ice Hogs of the American Hockey League, which is the American Hockey League affiliate, of course, for the Chicago Blackhawks. This looks like pretty good asset management. I don't know how you can lose on a trade like this. You end up trading two players, well, well, a player from the 2018 draft. Uh, who was a third-round pick, and in return, you end up getting one who's a first-round pick. And to top it all off, the guy like me, Marinaro, is a guy that she knew, which I think is pretty cool. huh? 
Let's check in with uh, with Agnello and Sammy. Going to check in with them right away. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, Tony? Hey, how are you? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. You and I got together earlier today at La Cage de Carry on Rue des Jockeys. We went to see our man, Emil, who's the general manager at that establishment, a great general manager. And if the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to La Cage because the menu will surprise you today. I uh, taste-tested the all-for-one platter, which was um, the Franks and uh, the chicken wings, the potato peels, and um, what am I missing here? Uh, and the uh, chicken fillets. Yeah, the chicken fillets. Yeah, and, and then I had uh, the brie burger with mushrooms and arugula and spicy mayo. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later. My question to you, we've, have we hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube? We are exactly eight subscribers away. So by hopefully by the end of the show, we should be there. Uh, you know what? I'm pretty much going to guarantee you that by the end of the show, we're going to be there. Okay. We'll check in a little bit later on. Okay. we got a busy show. I want to get to it right away. Why don't we bring in our collaborator who usually joins us on Wednesday nights? Do we have him already? We have him. Marc-André Perot from TV Aspar. What's going on, my man? I'm living the dream in, in Buffalo right now, so uh, everything's oh, well. Speaking of, uh, yeah, well, speaking of uh, chicken wings, and I know I love them. There the you cash, go. Do uh, you love them? At the, oh, I love chicken wings, yes. Do I look like a guy who doesn't love anything that's food-related? <laughs> I didn't Don't go there. But... Hey, listen. Uh, all right, okay. The Canadians are in Buffalo when they're going to visit yeah. the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night. They're going to visit St. Louis on Saturday. They'll visit yeah. Minnesota on Tuesday, and they'll visit Winnipeg next week on Thursday. So the next four games are on the road. They'll finish off the month of October with two on the road, and they start off the month of November with two on the road. Before we yeah. get to anything, why don't we get to the news of the day? The Montreal Canadiens acquired Nicolas Baudin. Your thoughts in return for Cam Hillis? Well, I mean, you can't miss, right? As you said, he's a first-rounder. I mean, the guy played in the NHL a few games. The other one played only one game. Camelis was just lost in the in the hierarchie de l'équipe. So, I mean, it's a sure shot. And I don't know if you remember. I, I think it was the last time Montreal traded with uh, Chicago. Or, I mean, one of the famous trade of Marc Bergevin was uh, obviously Philippe Dano. So, who knows? Is there another Philippe Dano in Baudin? Yeah. You never know. Hey, so, do, you, uh, do you have your cell phone on like a mini tripod or something? Yeah. I see the yeah. reflection in the back. Look go. at that. What is that behind you exactly? What is that? Uh, it's just a hotel room. <laughs> a hotel room. Okay. All right. So you're no, alone nothing. in the hotel room. You and your phone. Confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm <laughs> yeah. very thankful that you stuck around tonight to talk to me instead of going out of the town in Buffalo. It was a tough choice, but uh, yeah. What's, 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 I, I, what's the happening avenue there? A street? What is it? Chippewa or something? Chippewa, Chippewa. I, but I, I, I can't say it's my favorite. I mean, yeah. Let's say if uh, I think it's in January, I'm yeah. in Nashville. Yes. It might be a little more of a pain in the butt to talk to you on a Wednesday if I'm in Nashville. But yes. for now, I'm so happy. Nashville, New York City, and Vegas, pretty exciting based on what I hear, albeit out of the three. Oh, yeah. The only place I ever visited was New York City. I've never been to Nashville, and I've never been to You've Vegas. never been to Nashville? Uh, no, I've never been to Nashville, no. I know Agnello and Sammy have because they're big Tennessee Titans fans. And as a matter of fact, they not only went to a Titans game, uh, they were able to get down to field level. These guys can pull some strings, let me tell you. It's it's the best place. I mean, to go with the guys or the you, yeah. whatever your friends, you go to the hockey game. You go on. Now uh, oh, I should remember the name of that street, or maybe I should not remember the name of the street. Okay. Uh, and on Sunday, you go at the football game. It Where is there's, there's the all best. the bars and there's country music playing everywhere. And there you go. Bars is that right? Is that what the the vibe is awesome. So okay, if you cool. want to plan anything with your friends, it's yeah. Nashville. If uh, anyone following along right now on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter knows the name of the street, I've never been to Nashville. Uh, so if you want to actually message it, I'm going to read it out. Oh, it's called Broadway, I've been told by Sammy. Is it? Yeah. I is can't it really, I, maybe I had a drink. Uh, maybe I don't know. Probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Hey, listen. Yes, it is. More on Nicolas Baudouin, uh, Baudin's 
Baudin, pardon me, Dominic Ducharme, who was Nicolas Baudin playing for Les Drummondville, Les Voltigeurs de Drummondville for four seasons. And Dominic Ducharme, former Montreal Canadiens coach, was his coach in year two and year three with the uh, Voltigeurs de Drummondville. Dominic Ducharme, of course, as you know, is a collaborator at BPM Sports with Martin Lamy on the afternoon show. This is what he had to say. It's en français. It's in French. But I will translate for the benefit of those who don't understand. Uh, they call it la langue de Molière. C'est ça? La langue de Molière? Yep. All right. Okay. Let's hear from Dominic Ducharme on Nicolas Baudin. Long vision, c'est un gars qui, euh, qui voit bien la glace. Hein. C'est quelqu'un qui peut relancer l'offensive rapidement euh, en transition, qui peut bien forcer la rondelle. Euh, des bonnes passes, une bonne vision. Euh, c'est pas un gars qui, qui, va, qui va te tenir euh, au bout du siège, ceux qui va, qui va prendre la rondelle d'un bout à l'autre de la patinoire, mais c'est un gars qui, qui, est, qui est efficace, euh, est capable de, de, de bien défendre. C'est pas le gars le plus lourd, donc, mais il est assez euh, intelligent de la façon qu'il utilise son bâton, son positionnement de son corps et compagnie. Donc, il a fait euh, quand même beaucoup de progrès là-dedans. Puis la transaction que le Canadien a faite, le Canadien ne peut pas perdre. Euh, dans ah le non. sens que c'est un, un beau pari pour eux. Euh, peu importe ce qui, qui, ce qui arrive avec Nick. Euh, le Canadien perd pas. Je pense qu'il euh, autant. Je pense qu'à un moment donné, il va avoir sa chance à, à, avec le Canadien à Montréal. Mais es dans l'organisation, je pense que c'est certainement une belle acquisition pour eux. Puis, je souhaite euh, je crois que autant Nick, euh, personnellement, avait peut-être besoin d'un changement. Il avait besoin de, 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 de partir de, de Chicago. Et puis, euh, je pense du côté des Hawks, euh, on avait compris ça aussi. Donc, c'est un peu, euh, un peu euh, de, de leur côté. Là, ils voulaient passer à d'autres choses. Puis, je pense que pour lui, de se retrouver avec une, une jeune équipe, une, une jeune, surtout une jeune brigade défensive qui se retrouve en compétition. Maintenant, il all right, let's see if I can translate uh, some of this. And if I miss out on anything, Marc-André, you yep. do the honors. Once again, that's former Montreal Canadiens coach Dominic Ducharme, uh, who uh, is a collaborator on Martin Lemay's show on BPM Sport weekdays at 3 p.m. All right, okay. He said, defensively speaking, he's not the heaviest guy out there and not the most physical but he has a real good active stick and he can break up a lot of plays from an offensive standpoint. He's not a highlight reel defenseman. He's not going to go end to end, but he's got a very, very good first pass and he's real good in transition to be able to get the puck up from the foot of forwards and go from defense to offense. He also said, uh, I don't see how the Montreal Canadians can lose in this trade. Nick was kind of lost in the shuffle in Chicago He needed a brand new, fresh start to his career. He believes that the Chicago Blackhawks were aware of that as well. So he makes his way to the Montreal Canadiens. He joins what is a relatively young defense corps. It doesn't mean that he'll start here in Montreal, but of course he'd be in competition with them. And now he's got his own destiny in his hands and we'll see what he can do. And, and I don't know if I missed out on anything. I'm sure I no, did. Is there anything yeah. you want to add? No, I mean, it, it, it's perfect, but... Let's just be careful with you know what we're expecting. Uh, if he cannot crack the Chicago Blackhawks lineup, let's hope it's just a change of you know change of air that is gonna help him. But you know, I don't don't think they acquired for a first two uh, first pairing of uh, of D with the Bodine. But yeah, it, 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 you can't lose, and that's the most important thing right now. Uh, all right. Okay. Um... The bunch of text messages coming in, by the way. Uh, either it is Broadway. Or lower Broadway. But anyway, okay, it's Broadway. You got it. All right. It is. Uh, okay, it so is. I, I think that's a pretty accurate way of looking at it, right? If he can't crack the Chicago Blackhawks lineup, there's obviously some warts in his game. And, you know, if he can't crack not only that lineup, but with Luke Richardson as the head coach, who's someone who can help out a young D. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? If you're going to have depth in the organization – You just traded away a guy who was playing in the East Coast Hockey League, and in return, you got There a guy go. playing in the American Hockey League. So mm -hmm. I like Dominic Ducharme's way of looking at saying you can't lose in this deal. All right. Yeah. You are a collaborator on GC at TVA Spa. Yeah. And you know by now 
that Jean-Charles Lajoie, who I'm a collaborator on his radio show at BPM Sports and on his TV on his TV show at TV Aspar, is not the president of the Kirby Doc fan club. All right. I don't know if you figure that out by now, but I don't think he is. Let's see if we have the exact quote because he and I went back and forth tonight. Je n'ai pas encore la preuve que c'est un centre depuis qu'il joue dans la Ligue nationale. Il est mêlé comme un jeu de cartes. Il a l'air d'un chevreuil. Tassez-moi ça à l'aile, puis ça presse. There's Jean-Charles Lajoie who says, I don't, I'm not convinced. Can we bring it back up, please? Because, uh, you know, my memory's not that good. Okay. I'm not convinced that he's a centerman since he's been playing in the National Hockey League. He's uh, he's confused like a deck of cards, and uh, he's, he's, he's uh, you know, I, I don't know the, the translation. But anyway, uh, he, he looks like a deer in headlights. And and put this on, put this guy on the wing and put him fast because Jean-Charles' reasoning is Kirby Doc right now doesn't think the game like a centerman, and he doesn't play the game like a centerman. So let's make the game easier for him. Let's put him on the wing until he figures that out, or it'll be easier to figure it out. And once he becomes more comfortable, then at that point, we can put him back at center. I have a different opinion. My opinion is, if this guy played center all his life, and the Canadians acquired him and signed him to a four-year deal because they see him potentially as a centerman, whether it be second line or third line. Obviously, they're hoping it'll be second, and if it's third, it is what it is, but, I mean, they're crossing their fingers that it'll be second line, and and you know what? In, in, in a beautiful world, maybe one day he could become the first-line centerman, but let's, let's walk before we run here. Um, The Canadians, I'm in my opinion, they have nothing to lose this year. They're a rebuilding <laughs> team. There's no pressure. And I believe they have time to leave him at center. If they can give him a couple of stable wingers for an extended period of time, all the better. This is my opinion. That was Jean-Charles' opinion. What's your opinion? Uh, same as you, my friend. Uh, it, Kent Hughes has been very clear. Same thing with Marty Saint-Louis. It's a year of development. Okay. And we're only at game seven here. Can you imagine Imagine if in the year that you have to develop your kids, you're panicking after seven games and you're going to tell the guy who is maybe uh, your second center in the next few years, after seven games, you're like, hey, big guy, you're, you're going on the wing. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't work. And Martin saying we pulling the plug on you. I'm throwing in the if you want to kill his confidence, that's the way to do it. Exactly. I mean, his face-off percentage is very bad. He's at, what, 33%, not even. It, it is not good. He has to learn a lot. But, you know, you're going to gain confidence by winning some face-off, obviously. And Martin Saint-Louis has been clear as well. Uh, winning games is important, but let's not lose the main focus of this season. So, mm -hmm. per, I mean, it, for me, it would be a big mistake. And Jean-Charles obviously knows his hockey very well, but sometimes he's emotional, like you sometimes, I guess. No, no, no. You know what? I, hold on a second. I don't even think it's a question of emotional. It's his opinion. I mean, people, the beauty of sports is that, um, you know, everyone looks at it in different situations, different teams, different players, a different way. I don't think he's saying what he said because he's emotional. I don't want to put... Speak for him, but knowing Jean Charles, I think he's saying what he said because he believes what he said. He doesn't uh, think Kirby Doc is a centerman, like he didn't think that Galchenyuk was one probably, and he would have been right. And like Mark yeah. Bergevin and, and Michel Therrien didn't think Galchenyuk was a centerman either. And in the end, they were they were right as well. And he, so he I, might be right. He might be right. He but might it's be not right. The time after seven games, I don't think so. To pull either. the plug. That that's, that's in a rebuild year. It's because he hasn't accepted that it's a rebuild yet. You understand? Exactly. And you know, it, it, good for him. And I, you know how much I respect him, and his opinion is very important. But that for me, after seven games, it, it's too early. So, uh, yeah, it's, for me, it's pretty clear that you have to, to, to stick with it for a few games. If, 
if you know, like, uh, it, I mean, we tried with Drouin, you remember when uh, Bergeron acquired him? They yes. tried it at center. It didn't work. No. But they, they tried. Uh, they did but, the well, same there, with well, there's, there, there's a difference, though. I mean, Kirby Doc has played a lot more games at center between junior and the National Hockey League than Jonathan Drouin did. Also, but that here's, was a the guy, plan. here's a guy with a lot more size. And so yeah. the prospect of, uh, you know, uh, Six foot three, six foot four, right-handed shot centerman is yeah. uh, is a lot more exciting for some than a five foot ten winger. Of course, of course, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that they, they yeah. tried, but they they did try for a while, not only seven games of a rebuild season. You know, you know what it's time for at practice, eh? You know what it's time Pardon. for. Think about it, okay? They yeah. need to call on someone at practice. To work with some young players or some players, especially Doc. You're a bright guy. Who am I talking about? Well, I I, I don't know why I only have uh, Nate the Great, uh, who was there for uh, the end of his career. Uh, Nate Thompson was very good with the kids. Uh, no, no, I'm talking, talking about, about someone to do overtime with these players on the ice to show them a few tricks and show them the way. He's a former player. He's in the Canadians organization right now. Alex Burroughs? Vincent Le Cavalier. Oh. Vincent yeah, Le Cavalier. Yeah, I don't think about him, but yeah. Vincent so. Le Cavalier is a special advisor to Kent Hughes. In St. Louis and in San Jose over the last decade or so, Larry Robinson would fly in once a month and spend about four or five days on the ice with the young defenseman of the yeah. Blues and the San Jose Sharks prior to that. Vincent Le Cavalier is going to be helping out as a, as a, you know, once again, a special advisor to Kent Hughes. Yeah. Get Vincent Le Cavalier on the ice every now and then. Hey, who better to teach a six foot four centerman how to take draws <laughs> yeah. and how to use his body than a former six foot four centerman? Who better to teach a former first-round pick third overall in the draft than a former first-round pick first overall in the draft. No? It's, uh, yeah, it's so obvious that I didn't think but, about it. But I'm not just another pretty face, you know. I know what I'm that's, talking about. You know your strength, that's for sure. Thank but you. no, Thank I mean, you. it's obvious, but I, I feel that there is... This is missing. I mean, David Savard is the, the, the go-to guy for the young players at defense I, I i was talking about nate thompson i i feel there's it would help a guy like that in the organization but obviously v le cavalier would be uh, uh would be a sure shot as well would be listen, even better listen right now i can tell you what's going on in the message line and by the way we told you we were eight subscribers short of ten thousand subscribers on youtube so for everyone who's watching right now on facebook and twitter and or Twitter, pardon me, um, if you are not a subscriber to our YouTube channel, please go to The Sick Podcast and subscribe because we'd love to hit 10,000 subscribers tonight. I think we deserve it, and I think all of you deserve it because together we are an army. A lot of people watching right now, and we're live on all these social media channels, I've thrown out the name Guy Carbono, Yannick Perot. I'll throw out another one, another former Montreal Canadian, much less profile name than Guy Carboneau and less profile name um, than Yannick Perot, who was also very good at face-offs. He's also a good de And his first name is like yours, Mark. Now you know who I'm talking about? I know I'm putting you on the spot tonight. You are. A former Montreal Canadian who was very good at face-offs, whose first name was Mark. Mark with a C or Mark with a K? With a C. With a C. It's a good she knew them. Pas Marc Saval. He didn't play for Montreal. In Mozitumo. Huh? No, no. I'm just saying uh, something in Italian. Mozitumo. Uh, Come on, you know uh, this. Again, man, I don't know if it's Buffalo, the era of Buffalo, but I'm... Marc Bureau. Ah, oh, Marc Bureau, yeah. Marc Bureau was good yeah. at face-offs. So, look, there's a lot of guys that used to play for the Canadians that could definitely help out on the, you know, hop on the ice and help out with face-offs, right? Mac Bureau was one of them. And, uh, and, uh, 
Uh, Yannick Perot is another in Guy Carboneau. But I, I brought up Vincent Le Cavalier because he is working with the Canadians right now, and they are yeah. not. So I, I don't know, you know, how open the Canadians are to having people not working for well, them just jump on the ice and teach the guys how to take faceoffs. But well, I, is, I, is Vincent willing to come? If, I mean, quite often because we don't see him a lot with the team. So maybe I think he, he doesn't want to spend too much time in Montreal right now. That's my, cause he has kids obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that, that would be just logical, right? Yeah. Well, if it's easier for him to join them on the road, they're going to be in Buffalo. They're going to be in St. Louis. They're going to be in Minnesota. As if it's Absa. It is. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, hold on a second. Let me take a look at the Canadian schedule and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go from podcaster to become a travel agent now, okay? I'm going to take a look at the flights here, and I'm going to take You're a look at You're going to spend four days in St. Louis, uh, by the way. Four days in St. Louis. Oh, four days in St. Louis, really? Okay. Day off on Sunday in St. Louis. Practice okay. Monday, St. Louis, before flying to uh, Minnesota. All right, okay. Which is pretty so, weird. But... So now listen to this. Yeah. During the holidays, okay, so now we're going to have to wait another uh, couple of months here, or a month and a half. But during the holidays, the Canadians are going to be in Arizona on the 19th of December, Colorado on the 21st, Dallas, Dallas. on the 23rd. Then they got four days holiday, uh, probably three days off. And then they're on the 28th, they're in Tampa. The 29th, they're in Florida. The 30th is a travel day. And the 31st is in Washington for at least three days, 27, 28, 29. Vinny LeCavalier could be with the team. Same Pretty. kind of trip but in March. Them, but two of them are game day, though. So, you know. yeah, it's I'm, yeah, it, it's it's going to take more time than yeah, two or three practices for for Kirby mm-hmm. Doc. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I, I'll uh, I'll I, pass I, the message. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. But if yeah, if you if you uh, cross paths with Marty St. Louis, but say, that, uh, you know what, it, it would tell be a great him I spoke question. with Tony. I'll ask tomorrow uh, probably because it, it's it's a great question. I mean, is it a possibility? So, wow! Oh, fantastic! I'll get back thank to you. Very, that. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, if the coach gives a fantastic answer and thinks it's an amazing question, you can end up putting it on social media that it was me that suggested it. If the coach sure laughs will. at it and thinks it's a ridiculous proposition, <laughs> then then you you take credit for it. Okay, I'll own it. Hey, listen, I'm probably going to ask you this question. I don't know how many times this year, but. It's what it's it's the Canadians kind of have three hot potatoes on their hands right now. Maybe the term is strong, but I just used it anyway. This is live and I can't take it back. Trois patates showed some more than others. Hoffman, Dadanov, Drouin. All three contracts are up at the end of the year and all of them have not contributed from an offensive standpoint, as much as we would hope, or as much as Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon would hope, because the more they contribute offensively, the higher their value gets, and you can find a taker at trade deadline if their time is up in Montreal. So some are saying scratch Hoffman next game. Some are saying scratch Dadanov next game. Some are saying scratch Drouin next game. But we know that scratching them is not going to help their value at all. But some will say, even if they play, that's not going to help their value either. So is there a solution, in your opinion, what would you do? Well, it's so funny when we say uh, about their value. I mean, there's 32 GMs in the league that knows exactly what Mike Offman can bring to a team. Uh, same thing with Drouin, Dadanov. Uh, maybe there was more question marks, but I mean, I'll start with that. Drouin is not playing bad with Doc and Anderson right now. I mean, they are doing he, okay. He's not. So but let's. He's he's the type of player that he has to get on the score sheet, if not a yes. goal, but an assist to really yeah, but, help. Right. Let's lower our expectations with him. I mean, it, it, we know since the last years what he can give if he's healthy. So let's cross our fingers and I let's hope. But uh, you know, when okay. you trade uh, Sergey, uh, when you trade Sergey, uh, you don't want to lower your expectations for the guy that you got. 
I get it. Some yeah. trade you win, some trade you some trade you lose. He lost this one big time, but remember, at the time we all thought it was a pretty good idea. But yeah. that being said, uh, Montreal is stuck with him, and I'm not being, uh, you know, I, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but they are, you know, they they have to deal with him. So, yeah, often I don't know. Uh, man, he is. I mean, first of all, if you put Hoffman on the fourth line, you yeah. better scratch him. I mean, there's no point of having Hoffman on the fourth line. Yes, but, but some will argue that if he's on the fourth line, he ends up playing against another fourth line and a third pairing of defense. It's a better matchup for him, and he should be more in that situation because he's a, probably going to be a better hockey player than anyone else on the yeah, on the yeah, ice. Yeah, he should. He should, but he's yeah, not. I know. I know. So, and that enough, I, I, I'm pretty surprised. He is slow, that's for sure. He was playing good on the PK, but I, I, I just last game, uh, Weidman I think was coming out of the penalty box and he was wide open for a breakaway, and Dadanov never saw him, and he should have. I, I don't know if he, there's something missing, but he, I mean you can't and scratch. He, you know he definitely should have seen him because he, you know he is a wide man. That's, I mean, I didn't want to make the joke because I thought yeah, it was wide man, so bad. Wide, wide open, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I thought it was bad, so I didn't say it, but uh, you did, so it's on you. But uh, for, let's to answer your question. For me, right now, the biggest problem is Offman on the fourth line. Nothing against him personally, but he's a goal scorer and he's on the fourth line. He, you, you're gonna say, okay, he's got he's got a good matchup and he's having power play minutes, but you know, uh, guess what? Power play is not working. <laughs> power play is awful. If he would bring it. If, which he never has since he got here, not on a consistent basis anyway, he should be the ideal candidate to be on that first line, especially games at home that are probably less physical, more wide open, more trading chances. Nick Suzuki could have two wingers who shoot yeah. the puck better than anybody else on the team at the forward position. But, yeah, I but mean, there's, I, there's, there's a problem. There's a There's problem a with Mike Hoffman, and it's uh, and well, he doesn't want to get hit, and you can tell just by watching a player for one shift or two. Some players don't want to get hit, don't want to get hurt, don't want to feel pain, and yeah. you can't teach that. And Mike Hoffman doesn't have it. He's a sniper. I mean, he is yeah. a sniper. He has big qualities, but this is not one of them. I. I I, today I, I spoke with GC obviously yeah. about the power play. Okay, yeah. since Marty Saint, I mean uh, this year thirty first four point eight. Yeah. It's it's awful. Since Marty yeah. Saint, we came in twelve point four percent thirty first. Since Burroughs, fourteen point eight thirty second dead last four last season dead last ten last season thirtieth. It's a big problem. It's a big, you know, it's funny you say this because I spoke to JC this morning on his radio show, Premier Contar at BPM Spar, 91.9 FM on your Montreal dial, La Radio des Sports au Québec, Quebec's number one all sports radio station, um, especially um, in the last six months. Now, I thought you were going to laugh, especially. Last six months, I thought you were gonna. Laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw. Yeah, okay, since you're on. there. Okay, yeah, no, must, I was so, must have been a question. I was Listen. concentrated about my my. It's, uh, no, it's stats. funny. It's it's funny you say this because I brought it up to JC as well. I said, JC, I know you like Alex, and I know he's been on your show, but the power play since Alex Burroughs has been here, the statistics are very very bad. And but they JC were answered right away, and he said, "Well." Uh, it's a committee thing. And I said, JC, you know, you can't you can't be like that. Okay. You can't when if the power play is going good, it's him. If the power play is going no good, it's a committee thing. When Kirk Muller's power play in Montreal went through bad moments and it suffered, nobody said it's a committee thing. Everyone said it was Kirk. Now it's Alex Burroughs' power play. And look, ultimately, there's no doubt about it that the 
ultimate responsibility falls on Marty St. Louis because the coach ultimately is responsible for yeah. everything and even the assignments that belong to those under him. Ultimately, he's the guy in charge. But if I'm Burroughs, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to feel the pressure because once again, I don't think the organization expects to make the playoffs this year. But if your power play is working, yes, it could win you some games, but it can also increase the confidence of everyone and increase the value of everyone. Because if some of these players that you're going to trade are now going to score on the power play, they're going to gain value. You're going to get more for them. So if I'm Burroughs, it's starting to get a little tight around the collar. Don't you think? Well, I, 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 obviously, he doesn't like it. I, I was uh, telling Burroughs just to give an idea of the, you know, in the timeline for the people. I was not pointing him out. But uh, obviously, he, he, he wants better. But he knows a thing or two about power play. Remember with the Sedin, he was terrific. But yeah. it's it, it, it's been a problem for so many years. I remember Claude Julien, if it was not training camp, it was like the first game of the season. Mm -hmm. First practice, listen to that. First Tell practice, me. the drill was getting in the zone. Five guys on the power play getting on the zone without the PK on the ice. That was the only drill. I mean, if this is not starting from scratch, what is it? So, and St. Louis was very clear about the good strategy of a power play. It's two or three passes, bang, a shot. Maybe it's not going to score, but maybe you're going to hit the ankle of the PK guy who will not be able to stand up and it's going to give you a chance. Maybe it's going to hit the stick. It's going to break a stick or yeah. whatever. It's going to create chaos. And that's what you want. And then you can take the, the, the puck back and then mm -hmm. two or three passes, bang. It, it's simple, but we don't see it. The good thing, let's let's go with a positive thing. Now they, they are able to get in the zone. Yeah. The entry, <laughs> the entries of it, you know. You the entries step number one to actually well you, we, we, we will say that step number one is probably puck possession right making sure you have the puck uh, step number two is is gaining uh, entry into the offensive zone step number three is setting up yeah. step number four is getting into position and one of the things we've seen that works really well is a power play that doesn't have uh, that is not stagnant right that you are not only moving yeah. the puck but you are also moving your feet. The Tampa Bay Lightning have been absolutely amazing at that for the longest time. And for those wanting to know where the Montreal Canadiens power play is right now, statistically speaking, it was it is 31st out of 32 teams in the National Hockey League at 4.8%. And a little detail, that power play goal against Pittsburgh, it was yes. four on three. It was not yes. five on four. So uh, there is no goal at five on four since the beginning of the season. But you and need Kirk, the Kirk Muller's power play, fifth in the National Hockey League at 30.4. Yeah. Fifth, 30.4. That's uh, that's a 20, 26% difference. Though. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. But you, you need good horses. I mean, take a look at the second power play unit. I mean, Gallagher, Dvorak, Offman. Uh, you know, I mean, we all love Brendan Gallagher. He's a hard worker, but I, I, I'm not sure he's he should be on the power play right now. But it, mm -hmm. it's a candy. It's a, I don't know. But yeah, you need the horses, but you need to find a solution. And I mean, this year, let's let's be patient. And I, I told you, and I, I'm telling everybody, it was a great night against Toronto. It was a great night against Arizona, but. Take take these games, these moments, and I mean, cherish them. Like you say that, yeah. And cherish then them, yes. cherish them because it's not gonna be like that. The games like uh, against Minnesota, it's gonna happen often this season, and it is normal and it's fine. Don't people you don't want to lose in sight that it's a rebuild. You don't want to be like Chicago and keep on winning right now. <laughs> That's not the plan. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Listen, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, when we talk again next week on Wednesday, the Canadians will have played three of four games on the road. They'll have played 
tomorrow night in Buffalo, Saturday night in St. Louis, and Tuesday night in Minnesota. What will be their record after those three games? If they can win one, that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a tough road trip because, you know, when you don't have the last change, yeah. uh, you know, it, Buffalo, is they're doing pretty well. They're, yeah. uh, I mean, finally, they didn't make the playoff in the last, uh, what, 11 seasons? It, yeah. it, it, it's going to be tough. They're going to... I mean, Dallin is having like nine points in six games. So yeah, and keep keep talking. And I, I I'm I'm wondering if Brandon Gallagher couldn't be on the PK more more minutes. I think he would be such a good fit for that. I don't know. I, I you know what I, I like Gallagher better on the PK than I like him on the power play. I love him. I let yeah. let's. I you was know, not. Let, let's not forget him, Dano, and Thomas Tatar were one of the best 200-foot lines in the National Hockey League for three years in a row. Their yeah. course, he was absolutely unbelievable. Hey, listen, in ending, I want to tell you this. You know what the beauty of me doing French radio and French television is? Is what that is a lot of people are discovering me for the first time that maybe knew my name but didn't know more than that about me. The beauty of you being on the SICK podcast is that a lot of people are discovering you for the first time that knew your name but didn't see you actually work in English. You're a phenomenal talent, and I've told I'm you this before. There. I'm so happy that you're a part of this sick podcast. Thank you again, and have a great Thanks, night. my friend. All right. Honor. Thank you. See Thank you, guys. you. The honor is all mine. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Marinero, the sick podcast, brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer. Intense like me by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. All right. Okay. So this is a, a feature that I wanted to have on the show because – uh, there's there's something going on. There's 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 a, there's an industry right now that is thriving. That I used to collect hockey cards a long time ago when I was like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and I used to love collecting those OPG cards. And they used to have that that gum, that stick gum. You remember that pink stick gum? They used to come with it, and I used to have a lot of powder on it or sugar on it, whatever icing sugar, whatever it was. I used to love that gum. I used to love those cards. And every now and then I used to see, you know, get the beautiful cards with the masks or the Gila Fleur cards. And I used to keep my cards in shoe boxes. Well, unfortunately for me, my mother threw all those cards away. But for those who are lucky and their cards were never thrown away, some of you have cards right now that are worth a lot of money. Most of you probably know by now. And for those who don't, well, you're probably going to find out tonight how much money your cards are worth. Chris. La Tornade, coming up. Sick Sports Cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. All right, there you have it. Uh, Sick Sports Cards is presented by Sport La Tornade. Sports Cards, collectibles, and more. Visit the store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil-Dorion. Chris, welcome to the Sick Podcast, buddy. Thank you, Tony. You're very welcome. You're at your store right now, which is in Vaudreuil, Dorion. Um, I want to introduce you to everyone who's watching right now on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, and will be listening tomorrow to the show on Google, Google, Apple, and Spotify, and all that stuff. Uh, who is Chris Latornade? When did you open up your store? And when did your passion for sports cards begin? Uh, so a lot like... Um... Just like a lot of kids, uh, when I was five years old, I would go, uh, I started playing hockey and, uh, and I would get my pack of cards after, after the games, you know, my, my parents would uh, buy me a pack of cards. I'd collect, I put them in shoe boxes, like you said, and, uh, fortunate enough for me, uh, they weren't thrown out and I was able to keep them. So, uh, after high school, I, uh, I was, uh, 18 years old and I, and I joined the military. So, um, I was in the army for 14 years and I, uh, I still collected and I still had that passion. Well, welcome to the sick podcast army, because those who follow along with us, we're an army. So welcome to our army, buddy. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, after that, I, uh, once I, I, I found my way and, uh, and after a, a tour of duty and I, I said like, I, I went, I want to do something uh, more hobby, like more passion. And I, my passion for sports cards just, grow stronger and stronger and stronger and uh, after the uh, the early 2000s when the cards really uh, exploded again because in the 90s 
wasn't so good, but in the, in the early 2000s, it really exploded again. And uh, I really got into it and they changed the look of the cards. They changed a lot of things about the cards and uh, it grew enough that uh, I was able to open my own store about two years ago and uh, it's been going strong. It's, it's very. So let me ask you this, 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 uh, this industry that is player cards and sports cards, how long is this going to be able to continue? Because if cards are very, very valuable right now, like, will they always continue to be valuable? Like, because if they're yeah. very valuable, well, then everyone's going to get into it and everyone's going to collect sports cards. Like, this is something that obviously can last. Absolutely. So uh, that's a good question, actually, is that uh, in the early 2000s, they started making cards that are more, uh, before we used to have a normal card and they used to they used to print and print a lot. So now if I take, for example, I'm going to show you a card here. Um, this is a Cole Caulfield card, okay? This is okay. this, this is big right now in Montreal. Who, who makes that card? Because there's different so, companies that make them, right? So that's that's Upper Deck. That's produced Upper from deck. Upper Deck. Yeah. So that's that's from a line called Black Diamond. It's uh, if you if you have a look again, it's it's got four. It's called a Quad Diamond. Uh, and and I don't know if you can see in the picture there, but that card is numbered to fifteen. So uh, what use? What happens now that sure, never happened me, before? Pardon me if you don't. Uh, you're talking to someone completely ignorant in this business okay can you yeah. bring back up the card where is it numbered 15 where would i see that so uh right under here like uh okay. right above my finger. i got it i got it okay. perfect and let me ask you this chris if you don't mind yeah is, is upper deck like like the you know uh, the number one in terms of hockey cards or yeah. there is so no number one no, they're they're the number one. So they they're have the, the license. They have the they have the license with the NHL. Uh, so they're exclusive. There is other there is other companies that do uh, make cards, but the, there's there's different uh, agreements that the other ones have where they can't put a logo on the jersey or stuff like that. And and it works like that in in baseball and uh, basketball and stuff like that too. When it comes to Panini or Tops, who's also uh, producers in in the game, so. So did you say that Cole Caulfield card that you just showed me? What that's a rookie card? It's like a four diamond. You said are there only yeah. fifteen of those in the world? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and you got one of them. Yes, that's it. Yeah. So, so those, what is, that's what, is, what does that sell for? Uh, what, is it, well, what is it worth? So so a lot of people a lot of people use comparisons and look things up on eBay and use a comparison of how much the last ones will sold or are sold for. Yeah. Now a card a card like that that's on fifteen. Uh, there won't be a lot of comparisons and you won't find many. So okay. uh, I can look at other players. You can judge uh, like in the same year as uh, Cole Caulfield, you have Trevor Zegris. Um, you can compare other players and other cards. So uh, if you, if you like my asking price on that card would be about $3,000. Um, does it say, does it mean I get $3,000? I, I don't know. I'm going to a show this weekend. Good chance I will. Um, but on the regular basis at my store, somebody might make me an offer, something close to it. Yeah, that show that you're going to this weekend, I believe it's at the Spore Expo in LaSalle, in, uh, pardon me, in Laval, in Fabreville, correct? That's correct. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. How, how much? So what? there's going to be what? There's going to be a, a t bunch of tables lined up with, with people like yourself there, and they're going to be selling their cards, and there's going to be a bunch of former athletes and stuff like that that are actually going to be on hand, and they're going to be signing. Is that it? That's right. That's right. What's so the, for what's every, the, what's the entrance fee? Uh, I think the entrance fee is five dollars at the door. You can All purchase right. online. You can purchase online uh, at the Anti Expo uh, okay. Facebook page and stuff. You can follow their links and, and uh, purchase before you get there, um, which I suggest because you will uh, you will help uh, help yourself as far as lineups go. But uh, yeah, it, it, there will be like uh, over a hundred kiosks there. So if I were if I would have bought upper deck cards. Yeah. There's a chance that in my deck, there's only 15 in the world, but there's a chance that I could have got in my pack this Caulfield card. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And so what do, what do cards sell for nowadays? Like if I were to buy a deck, like do, I don't even know this. I'm dumb. Uh, would people buy a deck when it comes to this stuff? That is would people buy a, a deck of cards or do you buy a box now? How, how does this work? So people people tend to buy the boxes. Now there's boxes for everyone's uh, budget. Uh, you can buy a thirty dollar box, and you can buy a fifteen hundred dollar box. Um, yeah. 
So, and that goes for every sport and some, and I, and I say 1500 is probably about your top uh, um, hockey box in the last two years. Um, if you want to go back to 2015, 16, where you can find uh, big McDavid cards, and then you're looking at uh, even more for a box. But if you want to buy anything, a product that's coming out this year, uh, you go with your budget and you buy a box and you so can what, potentially, what does buying a $1,500 box give me more chance of having a card that is worth more money or will be worth more money one day because it's kind of yeah. like a limited card. Is that it? Is that the it, reason? Yeah, I kind of I kind of refer to people and I tell people it's kind of if if you want to look at it kind of like going to the casino, you know, some people play the, uh, the the slot machines at 10 cents and some people like throw $20 bills in the machine. That's good. That's good. And yeah. and so with hockey boxes you can do the same thing. If you want to go big and you want to gamble and and get the big stuff, if you want to uh, you know, you see these cards online sometimes that going for for $50,000, $100,000. Well, they're they're not pulling those cards out of a $30 box. Uh-huh. Those guys those guys paid a lot of money for their box and that's how they got rewarded. Uh, so I probably put you in a difficult spot here because obviously I don't want you to say no, don't come to my store to buy my card, but I'm going to ask you this question anyway. I mean, I'm curious to hear your answer. And I'll probably ask it about several cards. Should I come into your store and buy that card? Yeah, absolutely. The The Caulfield card right now is actually one of the hottest cards you're going to find, especially in a market like Montreal. So in the card collecting, uh, the market where you are, absolutely, it, it has a lot to play with with the card and its price. So, uh, us so being for in Montreal, example, Nicolas Baudin's card yesterday was probably worth a lot less than it was at 11 o'clock this morning when he got traded to the Canadians. Yeah. So on a lower scale, uh, what people tend to, to uh, collect a lot is the rookie cards and uh, they're called young guns. So again, I brought up some Cole Caulfields. This is, this is a young guns, uh, Cole Caulfield card. Okay. So Nicola Baudin's, um, Nicola Baudin, I had a, I had a bunch of them. Um, they were actually going for, uh, let me see. I got a bunch here. Really? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to show you them. Okay. So they're these all are all, cards. These, these are all Nicolas Baudin rookie cards. Okay. Okay. So I had them in a box yesterday uh, selling anywhere between, they're in my $2 box. You know, if okay. someone offered, somebody offered me a dollar for them, I'd probably take it. Okay. But uh, I took them out of that $2 box today because they're going into the 8 to $10 box. Wow. Okay. So you can, you can see how you it plays. Left? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. How many did you sell today? Tell me the truth. Uh, probably about 10 or so. Yeah. You sold about 10 Nicolas Baudet yeah. cards after he was traded to yeah. the Canadians. A- anything uh, anything that was on my eBay store that had Nicolas Baudet's name on it was going today, yeah. What's the most expensive? How many cards do you have in your store? And by the way, oh. you, you have your phone set up. Is there any way I could see your store at all? Or uh, You could, actually. I could I could, uh, I could a uh, little bit. Let's see if I can uh, turn my, uh, so my store here. Oh, you see now right we're th- talking. Yeah, now we're talking. See- no, you see the World Cup stickers there? That's that's very uh, very that's popular Qatar? right now. Yeah, wow. That's Qatar Qatar World Cup. Are so those I'm going to turn by, a little bit? Are more. those made by Panini? Yes, they are. Yeah. You know what I used to love, or my kids used to love, probably about ten years ago, is those Panini sticker books. Do you sell those too? Yeah, I do. I have the Panini. So the this this box that I showed you uh, right here, this yeah. is right here. I can pull out. This this is the uh, this is oh, yeah the, yeah 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 that's the magazine yeah this was amazing my kids used to buy the the magazine all right, right. buy all the stickers fill yep. it up and then my wife used to throw it in the garbage after what a beautiful oh, thing oh yeah money so in this, the garbage yeah this year with Team Canada in there it's uh it's going like uh, it's going like it's crazy how how much we sell how many cards <laughs> do you have in your store oh Tony uh, a lot there's there's probably a good uh, Fifty thousand or so card cards in here. Uh, that's you could turn it back to you now if you want. Yeah. So that's that's not just um, that's just in the store. I, I mean, I, I did, keep... did I just see a jersey? Do you sell jerseys too? Or oh I, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We have we have uh, we have all kinds of uh, memorabilia: jerseys, pucks, sticks. Wow. Uh, yeah, we have figurines. Um, What's the most expensive card in your store? Uh, right now. So everything that's expensive for me goes into, um, 
uh, a vault and uh, at the bank, you know, like a, the safety deposit box. For sure. So, so right now tonight, what I was able to pull up here is a is a Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. So see this Wayne Gretzky. If I if you look closely, that's um, not his rookie card. I can I that, can I can see if it's not his rookie card. That's not his rookie card. But if no. you see over here, over here it says one of one. One of one. That's the only one in the world, and you have it. That's right. Okay, I don't even know what it is, but get ready. I'm going to throw you an amount. I don't even know what we're talking about here. I know nothing, okay? Right, yeah. Wayne Gretzky, one of one. I don't even know what it is. Cole Caulfield was 3,000 his rookie card? Yes. Five times, 15,000? I, I I would probably sell it to you for that price. Now you're you're right in the you're right in the ballpark. Wow. What, 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 so I mean, it's one. But what what is it though? It's not a rookie card. What is it? Uh, this one is from uh, 2021. What 2020 Yeah. So this this actually comes from a box called Clear Cut. So they came uh, out with Gretzky cards even after he retired. Oh yeah. Yeah, they still, they, they still, that's what they do. They, they still have a lot of, uh, you know, it keeps, I don't know if it keeps the old guys coming back, but uh, it's definitely, they want to, you know, every now and then you'll pull a Steve Eiserman, a Mike Medano, Joe oh, Sackick. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, did, where did you get that card? So that card is out of a clear-cut box. So a clear-cut box is a set that comes out once a year. It's only one card per box. And it comes encased like that. So I did not put it in that case. It came like that in the case. So so, so you, hold on a second. You didn't know you were buying this card and this card would happen to be in the box or? That's, it's, a, it's a surprise. Anytime you open a box, this Wayne Gretzky card in that box could have been Alex Regula from the Chicago Blackhawks. Rookie. It could have been. It could have been a $20 card. And, and but, so you were here in Montreal and you bought this box. Absolutely. Uh, it was a client that opened it at our store. Hold on a second. A client that opened it at your store. It's a client yeah. who bought it or you bought it? The the client, the client actually bought it and we do, we, we, we do trades and we buy and we set like a, a lot of times a, a client that hits a big card uh, often doesn't walk out with it. <laughs> because you want to buy it from them. Absolutely. So now I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked you before. Should I buy that card? And if I had the money, should I buy that card? Um, my personal opinion is well, I would. You're, you're, you're probably going to always going to say yes. I don't know if I'm asking you a dumb question. No, or not. So no, 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 no. I, I don't know. I think I, I'm more honest when it comes to that things. Um, I would, I would prefer personally, I would prefer, and I would like to, to, pass that on is that you would prefer more a rookie card than to buy, unless you're a Wayne Gretzky collector already, and you already have a lot of Wayne Gretzky cards, then you're definitely going to want to buy that card. But if you're a guy who's just starting uh, and you want value, the the top value for your card, you're definitely going to want to stick with the rookies. Um, buy a rookie card. The Caulfield is going to go up. It's, it, it, I mean, he's scoring, he's, he, he's just scoring at a pace that his card just keeps going up every time he scores. You know what I love about you? And we've met a couple of times, not more than that, and had a couple of conversations. You have, uh, you have a really special quality, and that is you're someone who is in sales, but you really come across as someone really, really honest, and the client doesn't feel like, He's being taken for a ride. I, you know, you sell sports cards, and that one there can probably go give or take for about fifteen thousand dollars. And I asked you if I should buy that card, and you said that unless I have a bunch of Wayne Gretzky rookie cards and I need to add this to my collection, that I'd probably be better off buying rookie cards of any player instead of actually going after something like that. That's yeah. You kind and of blew that, me away with that one. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I tip my hat to you, man. It's thank you. Cool. Thank you. And uh, this is something that we tell our I, I tell my staff all the time. Um, anybody that walks through the door in the, in the store here, um, you know, yeah, it's nice to make a sale and all that. But um, what I want to sell the most is the experience. And I want to sell 
I want to sell an experience. I want someone to come uh-huh. in, feel comfortable. Uh, we got drinks in the fridge here. Uh, we got, you know, come in, have a chat. Fridays, we hang out. People open boxes on the counter right in front of me. And uh, we have a good, fi- a good time, just like friends. I'm a huge Gila Fleur fan. All right. I oh. would imagine that when the flower passed, you probably got a lot of phone calls and a lot of people picked up his cards. I don't know how many cards you had or not. My question to you is, do you have any more left? And there's a, is there a card that you think is a really good value card that someone like me should have? Um, so as far as Gila Fleur cards go, I do not have anything. I have like one really? small, I have, yeah, it's sold. Uh, anything that was Gila Fleur was sold right away. Wow. Um, but I am going to show you something that you're going to like. Wow. Actually, let me let me just I'm gonna unhook my phone here. I, I no, have no, to show you it. I have to show you this because I I've heard you it. I've heard you say this before. You're a Gila Fleur fan. And there's yeah. only one there's only one of these. Okay. See my Gila Fleur chair in the background there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's only so, one of what you're gonna show me. Yeah. So well in our store, in our store here. Okay. We have I'm trying to. I'm trying to yeah, get yeah. it here. Is that a black okay. and white picture? No, that is Gila Fleur. That is, that is our fridge. Okay, there's only one of these. These was special made for me. Um, that it's it's sorry sorry I'm moving a bit. No but, no no, it's good. We're good. We're good. Okay, you saw it right? Yeah. Um, I can show you on the side of it here. We have the Stanley Cups with all the dates on it. That's the side of the fridge. Um, you know, we have the dates. Uh, so that, that, that that's was, our... F- that was made for you? Yeah. So what happened was... Is, uh, he never we signed had, it, eh? He, did, he never signed it because it was made after. But oh. um, so... And, and I met him a few times. Um, yeah. But uh, so... The, the best. Gila Fleur was the best. The yeah. best. Yeah. So... That 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 people walk in and they see that Gila Fleur uh, fridge. It's it was somebody made that for me. It was uh, special. It's a, it's it's an old old fridge. Uh, I don't know if that fridge is from the seventies, the eighties. I'm not sure, but it was uh, is refurbished. Yeah. They changed the motor on it and uh, they made it. They turned it into that. So the uh, Chicago Bears should make one for William Refrigerator Perry. It would be a very appropriate. Don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, the sick podcast with Tony Marinero's Tascam equipment is supplied by Ericsson Audio, the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals. All right. Um, in ending, this has been so enriching, by the way. The Canadians played uh, the Minnesota Wild yesterday. Kirill Kaprizov had like an amazing season last uh, last year. I'm just curious, what is his rookie card worth? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov cap uh, around one hundred and fifty dollars ungraded. Um, I do have one graded like a PSA ten here. It's it's about six hundred dollar card uh, when graded. When what what, what does that mean? Graded, not graded. It goes through like a like a so, uh, like an audit or like a like a like a yeah. when you're buying a diamond ring or something type of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So okay. look, if I show you this, this this is a Patrick Wall. You see the eight? It, it's graded eight. That means it's you know? graded an eight on ten. Yeah, eight on ten. So, so it's, the, it's got what? It's got dents in the corners or something, or the lines are a little bit off yeah. or whatever. It's just okay. That's yeah, that's an older card. Uh, it's a little bit harder to grade, so probably the edges are a little rough, maybe some corners and stuff like that. But nowadays, the new cards that are coming out, they they, they play between an eight and a ten. Sometimes they'll get a little ding in the corner or, or a rough edge or something, but. Uh, it's always good to send them away and get graded just because uh, you'll definitely um, up the value of your card. Uh, Chris, once again, why don't you tell everyone where your store is in Vaudreuil Dorion exactly? We're right off the 20. It's uh, 1 Avenue de la Fabrique, Vaudreuil Dorion. Um, yeah, we're just uh, on the corner basically of the St. Charles and uh, the 20. It's uh, Hey, thanks so much. You're going to be a regular contributor on the show. We're going to talk player cards. Uh, Have fun at the show at the Spore Expo on the weekend in Laval in Faberville. And what times does that go on from if everyone wants, if, you know, people watching right now want to drop by on the weekend, come see you, come see uh, others that are there and stuff like that. What time? 
So uh, general admission is at 10. If you want to buy a VIP pass, you can come in at nine, but uh, general admission will be 10 to five. Thanks, bud. I'll probably see you this weekend. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. There you have it. Chris Latornade. Wow. That's uh, pretty amazing stuff. Marinara, a shout out to Playground. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Agnello and Sammy, can we take, why don't we do this? I would imagine people send in questions, have sent in questions. Can we take three of them? We'll take three questions. Number one. Hey, Tony, you think it's a good idea to trade guys like Armia, Hoffman, Drouin right away, pay half the salary for the rest of the year and roll the kids for a top three in the lottery? I, I don't think teams would be uh, taking them right now. Next. My question is, knowing Doc had wrist surgery, so much of an impact was it? Doc is a really good playmaker, and uh, what a wingspan he has. I would imagine it's hindered his development a little bit, and uh, at one point, he's probably going to be 100% comfortable and recovered, and that's when he's going to be better. But wrist surgery, it's, it's, it's not fun because maybe it's part of the explanation as to why he doesn't win as many face-offs and maybe doesn't shoot the puck as, as much people would like him to. Probably still experiences a little bit of pain. Who knows? Only he knows. Last question that we'll take tonight. Uh, from Futures site, Tony, if Habs take Jackye out, should they put Pizzetta in the lineup for toughness? Um, well, then you you know there would be a toughness downgrade with all due respect to Pizzetta and one's a forward and one's a defenseman. I think, you know, they're going to think twice before taking Jackye out. I think they would take Weidman out before him. And I think they would take Kovacevic out before him, because especially when you have some young skilled players in the lineup, you need someone that has that element of toughness back to Agnello and Sammy before we break away and call it a night and come back tomorrow. Have we that hit our 10,000 subscribers on YouTube? Yes, sir. We're over. We're a few over 10,000. Awesome. You, you see that? I, I asked, and, and they delivered. I told you, are these people the best or what? Those the who best, follow man. the sick podcast are the absolute best. Now, what are we doing here? We're celebrating? What are we, what are we doing? Uh, we're gonna have it? I, th- I think you got to give them a dance, man. And mostly too, man. You have to. You have to. We'll a dance. At 11.07 p.m. on one. subscribing tell your friends about it tell them the podcast is sick and once again tomorrow night same time same place and marinero ciao a tutti bye-bye buonanotte and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast with tony marinero on youtube instagram facebook Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. 